What's going on, everybody? Yes, it is time once again for another Car Biz Chronicles episode. I can't believe we're already doing season five of this show. It's something that had started off as an educational piece. It actually was a reason for me to travel around the country pre-COVID and go meet people and do shit. And then it became just something that I did because I thought it was fun to educate, meet new people in different spaces. And this year is probably, for me, the most exciting concept we've ever had, which is the idea of getting to know the true customer journey to buy a car. And we are joined today by Jeremy Wheeler. Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Jeremy comes to me via Andrew Sweet, who was on the show earlier in the season. Uh, great great guy giving me a, you know introductions to people who bought cars. Unfortunately, as a car guy, uh, I know a lot of people who buy cars, but they don't really want to talk about it because I helped them buy a car and it's real easy and they like keeping that a secret for whatever reason. So, uh, but here we are today. We're going to get into the customer journey. Um, so, uh, Jeremy, I know you said you have two potential purchases. Let's start with the first one. Tell me why did we need to purchase car number one? Great question. So um, I originally, I had never bought a car in my life. So I bought a house before I bought a car. And the car I was driving was an old hand-me-down. It was actually the first car I ever owned um, or my dad gave me in high school. So I was driving a 94 Stepside GMC, um, making, you know, six figures, having a great, you know, great income, a great career. And I didn't have a, a nice car. So Wow. A 94 step side though. So uh, you live somewhere nice then, right? You live somewhere where you don't have seasonality like I do in Wisconsin. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, we live, I live in central Texas, so San Antonio. So yeah. every now and then we'll get some really cold weather, but you know, you can tr pretty much drive anything. Yeah, you're right not now. getting rusted out 94. Like this thing Correct. is probably still pretty clean for a 94. Yeah. It's really mild, but it's clean. It's got a few whiskey dents in it, but it's still, it still goes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. So we're driving a '94 Stepside, which I love. I love. I love those trucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you're doing that for a while. And just, I did the same thing, by the way. I bought a house before I bought a car. Yep, very uh, strange. I gave right? a loan for my first car, so it wasn't like that. I didn't really buy it. Grandma bought it. And I paid her uh -huh. back. But uh, it was interesting because when I when that happened, I, maybe the same thing happened to you, Jeremy. I went to to apply for a car uh, before I bought a house, and they were like, "No, you don't have any credit." And then two weeks later, I went to apply for a house. They're like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Here's a mortgage. And I thought, that's really jacked up. You guys that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Yeah. That's crazy though. Yep. Give me that. <laughs> so, all right. So you're, you're, you're doing the right thing. You stuck with the, the hand-me-down car and now you're ready to buy your own car. This is in the last two years, right? So, during yeah, so this is, this is right before, this is either February, 2019 or February, 2020. Right, right, right. It must have been February 2019. So that's February 2019. Um, I wanted to buy a vehicle. So we bought it. I bought a, a brand new uh, 2020 Dodge Ram 2500 uh, Laramie, right? Big, big diesel truck. Um, the reason why was because my wife and I were going to buy a fifth wheel and pack up and kind of travel the country. So that was the motivation to buy it. So we went to the, the dealership. Um, and then, right, yeah. Hold on. We're already at the dealership. What did you do online? Talk to me about what you did to even get to arrive at this truck. How did you know it was the truck for you? Does a buddy own it? Is it been a dream truck? I mean, you're in Texas, so this yep. seems like something you'd see everywhere you went. Um, what, tell me about that part of it. A great question. Yeah. So I, um, you know, my wife and I discussed it. I talked to people that own multiple uh, makers of trucks or makes of trucks. So, you know, Ford, Dodge, GMC, all the big ones. Um, all had their pros and cons, uh, but my brother 
uh, two of my brothers, my, one of my brothers um, owns a landscaping company and he drives a Dodge 2500. And then I had another brother that pulled a uh, fifth wheel a long time ago that pulled, uh, that used a, a Dodge Ram as well. I had also in my traveling sales career, I had also rented out a Dodge Ram 1500, right? It's so a little bit different, but I love the, it's got a huge console screen on it. Okay. And I love that. And then just as far as all the other specs, as, as far as its towing capacity and all that good stuff, it just seemed like the best value um, for what we were looking for. We didn't, you know, you could buy a $90,000, you know, badass Ford Raptor sure. or whatever. But, but you, you, did, you did kind of grassroots here. You talked to people, you, in, you, you were in a rental car, which has come up on other parts of the show before, which I, I find interesting. I don't think enough people give credit to what we rent, we drive, and all of a sudden we're like, wow, I didn't know this was that. Oh. Or in my case, I seem to always write off cars. I'm like, I'm glad I rented this because this car sucks. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't own it. Um, so, but online, online, Jeremy, are you researching? Are you YouTubing? Are you doing anything, anything at all? Going to the manufacturer site, building your dream truck. What, what, what if any interaction did the internet push you into with Man. regards to this first one? All of the above. Yeah. So I was building out dream vehicles, looking at different features that I wanted, going on uh, like yeah, YouTube, looking at people's reviews of trucks, uh, going on, you know, di- uh, message boards like Reddit, reading about people's reviews on trucks. Um, and, you know, in all honesty, I had made up my mind before I even walked into the dealership that I was going to, you know, I went in knowing I was going to buy something. Right. So everything had been done. Nobody really needed to sell me on anything. I already kind of done all the legwork. Up front. Did you submit any of your information online to get any pricing or anything or anything like that? Did you go through any any journey that part of it, or did you just say, "Nope, I know what I want. The Dodge dealer is in town. I'm going there." Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Okay, so all right, folks, for all of us here in the world, we talk about customers submitting information, making our website sticky, doing all this stuff. It doesn't always matter. Okay, it doesn't always matter. It is a proximity game to people. They are not going to submit a lead because they are in your backyard. They are going to give you the shot to earn their business if they know what they want. So do you make an appointment, Jeremy? How do you go about approaching your Dodge dealership? Do you even, do you just show up? I just, yeah, my wife and I say, hey, let's, let's go. And I told her, I said, hey, look, if we go to the dealership, we're not just looking, I'm going to buy a freaking car. You're a salesman, dude. You're a salesman. Yeah. My wife I'm- says we're the easiest to turn once we're ready to go. Oh, yeah. Right? Andrew yeah. said the same thing. So we're all in the same boat. You're ready to go in. Are we trading the step side? Or are we giving that to somebody? Uh, I st- we still have it. My dad, my dad wants to keep his like nostalgic to him, so he won't he won't get rid of it. I love it, dude. That's awesome. All right, so you're going in, no trade, no nothing. You know payments. You've already run your dream truck. You're not like you're walking in blind, right, Jeremy? Right. I mean, you're you're a smart guy. You've done the sales numbers. You know you can afford the truck, so that's not your problem. Correct. Now it's finding the truck. Yep. So did you look at anyone? Did you look at the local inventory before you went there? Or you just figure, hey, it's Texas. They're going to definitely have 2,500s on the lot and I'll find the color I like. Or what was that like for you? Um, I originally thought about building one, but then yeah, I wanted to go to the dealership um, and just kind of find the one that I wanted. Um, and I really didn't have a like a preference on color or anything like that. I just kind of knew the, the the budget range I wanted to stay in, which didn't, didn't happen, but um, I went a little over it. But um, yeah, we, we the the lots in New Braunfels. It's a big Dodge dealership, and across the dealership they have a little parking lot. But then they got to take you probably a mile and a half away to like their big the big lot with all their trucks. Yeah, that's where we ended up going, and we kind of drove around that lot. And then when we pulled up the truck that I ended up buying, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh damn, I got it. That's the one I want." And I told the guy, "Don't even show me the price. I, I honestly don't even care." Just, 
Just bring it around. Test drive it? Did you? I mean, what did you? What, oh, yeah. What happens next? Yeah, we drove. So we pull up to it. And he's, you know, he's like, do you want to drive it? And I was almost too nervous to drive it. I was like, oh, shit, I don't know. Am I, like, am I allowed to do that? You know, so, um, yeah, I jumped in, drove it around. You know, you, and I'm assuming they do that to, like, get you in the feeling of the, their vehicle and make you feel good about yourself. You're a salesman. It's mental ownership. Yeah. Uh, we have the easiest way to get mental ownership by just putting you in the car. Yeah. You know, walk around the right way we end up in the driver's seat we close the door and we just tell you to hit the gas like that's okay now you're driving and that's it's part of the job right i don't i think people think it's sneaky and it's it's sales dude sales i don't think so every sales department has a process for whatever they sell yeah uh, whatever the widget is there's a way that you go about meandering to your story correct so the car deal so you're nervous to drive a truck that you're you want to buy which i find just super intriguing because I'm, a little bit, yeah. I'm used to people just sort of, you know, that being the next step. So you test drive it. Do you test drive it by yourself or with the salesman? Uh, the salesman. Yeah. The salesman was in the truck. Who's in the truck. So it was you, your wife, salesman in the back of the truck. My wife was at the dealership still. So we went and basically picked her up. Okay. So he, he did, he pulled that car too. Let's go pick up your wife and put her in the truck and then we'll drive around. So that's what we did. Yeah, I know what you're now, we're getting, now we're getting the real buy-in. Like we know yeah. we have your buy-in, but we know she's probably as big of a part of it. So and she loves big trucks. Like her dad, her dad passed away, oh gosh, 10, 10, 11 years ago. He loved big trucks, so that's kind of her thing. So I knew as soon as she got in it, I was that was toast. It was over. All right, cool. So you go back to the dealership, you pick her up, you guys go on a test drive. Does it take long? What what what's the test drive look like to you? Uh, it was like five, 10 minutes. Yeah, just driving around your Braunfels a little bit, um, getting a feel for it, kind of playing with the big, you know, the, it's got the big console screen, um, looking at all the features. Yeah, it's probably five, 10 minutes. Nothing crazy. That's it. Yep. Nothing crazy. Back to the dealership, rigs ready to go. And and now this was, bef- so this was, this was pre-COVID either way, whether it was the February just before COVID of 2020 or the 2019, doesn't really matter because things were still pretty much the same way. So there's rebates, large ones at the time. There's discounts. There's all these different things. Talk me through what happens next. You've obviously made it clear you're buying the truck. So the salesman yeah. knows he's got a deal at some level, but you also have a budget. So talk me through, you go inside. What, what's the timing? Are we talking, are we talking hours inside? Are we talking minutes inside? And, and talk me through what happens once you get inside. Oh man, it's a, it honestly took way too long. Hours and hours. Um, I was pretty easy. I said, hey, look, I kind of understand. I kind of understand the financing. I know we got to work on the rates and all that good stuff. But here's what I want: I want you know 60 months. I want around this interest rate because that's based on my credit. And then I want I'll put a little bit of money down. I forgot what it was five ten grand or you know a little bit. Um, and then I want my the payment. I know that the payment should work out to you know, nine, whatever it was. Whatever it is. Doesn't yeah, matter. The point is, is I know my money down. I know my term. I know my rates. This is what the payment should be. Just go get the deal done. Here you go. And but it wasn't that easy, right? So, and, 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 it's, and then the ping pong back and forth starts, right? And um, and that's where it got really frustrating and annoying. I was like, man, I don't even know if I want this damn truck. And then they told me that there was some type of like, um, undercoating callback or something for the truck so i couldn't even i bought the truck and i didn't even get to drive it off the lot the day of i had to wait like a week for them to fix Oh, because it's a recall and they have a they have that they obviously have an off-site lot right where they're not going to worry about recalls until those trucks come up to yeah. and then so they that's waste a ton of time doing otherwise so that sucked too i was all pumped up and i'm like 
I gotta drive this beater back. I, right. I, I just, I just, I just inked for nine hundred, and I'm leaving the step side. This is yeah. fucked up. This yeah. is unnatural. Yeah, yeah. agreed. <laughs> there was no discussion of that at all up until the point where you were done with the deal, was there? Like right up at the end, yeah. Yeah. Like, Congratulations. We'll see you in a week to get your car. Thanks a yeah. lot. Have a good day. Yeah. So they did not disclose that at the beginning, which was pretty irritating. Ah, that's so frustrating. So you're you're talking what? Two hours, Jeremy, three hours. I mean, what are we, what are we really, I don't want to over-dramatize it, but I've been in dealerships. I've sold cars that have taken eight hours. So I, 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 I know it can take long. How long did it really take? Four to five. I and mean, we were there till the place pretty much closed. Um, Four even to five though, hours with a guy who came in smiling ear to ear, basically just begging you to give him a truck. And, <laughs> and you know, do they start the negotiation like over MSRP? Were they just working you on payments? Like, what the fuck took four hours, dude? All of the above, man. Like MSRP, the payments. And I said, man, if you just do, like, just please do what I'm asking you to do. I'm, I'm trying to make you. Were you the one to leave? Oh, absolutely. At what hour? Hour one, hour two? And if so, why didn't you? We were in the finance director's office or something, working out all the um, things. And he had to get up and leave and go talk to somebody or whatever. And that's why, that's, so it was probably three hours in. I was kind of like, you know, tell my wife, Sam, I was like, Sam, this is, this is bullshit. It's taking way too long. First of all, when I, when I walked in, we, or we walked into the dealership at the beginning and we stood there. So like there's, there's banks of, um, desks, of, right. Desks. Yeah. Or cubicles. Yeah. And I was standing there and like people were just on their computer and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm here to buy a truck. And then some guy came over and was like, Hey, can I help you? I was like, yeah, dude, like, the fuck I'm trying to buy a truck. <laughs> and you know what? As salesman, the person who walks in the dealership and says that, never buys a car so there's like this weird kind of like <laughs> where you're just like oh fuck yeah you guys get that guy but it happens dude right now because of these things right all people do is they sit at their desk my buddy my buddy loves doing this uh he walks into dealerships and he just records it happening and he posts it on his instagram where he's like up oh, another dealership and everyone's just like this the front desk and he walks in no one even breaks no one even looks his direction so that was 2019 it's even fucking worse now is it <laughs> So you so you start off with that. Yep. You start off with this no 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 love no 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 one paying attention. Then you go into a finance director's office who has to go back and forth to work payments and which is weird because they're the finance director. So what the fuck they got to leave? For I, I think I think it's just, it just feels like the dramatization of it. Like they got to. It is. Build up, it is yeah. It's the dog and pony show. It's so unnecessary. It could just have been. This should have been a, a less than one hour transaction. For sure. You have no trade. You have reasonable credit enough to be in here talking about a payment like this. Mm -hmm. You have the income to support it. What exactly? So, so you're dealing with payments over hours of discussion when they're coming back to you with their, they're using those big long pieces of paper, right, Jeremy? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Let's call it four square. Okay. And they're walking you through the four square and they're like, okay, no trade. They cross out that box. They get out their fucking markers, right? And they're putting them all down for you. When you said to your wife, I think I'm good. We're going to roll three hours in. What did she say? And and again, how did you yet sit there again for potentially another hour plus? She said, well, she basically said, we're not leaving because we're going to buy this truck. So now, um, why her commitment do you think? Because she knew you wanted it or because that you guys just assumed it was going to be this way, no matter where you went. So let's just get through it. We're already three hours in while it is now. Or what was that thought process? Never thought about that. But yeah, she definitely knew I wanted it, but she just knows I get impatient. And I'm pretty stubborn. So like when I feel a little wronged, um, you're ready I'm, to move on, dude. I'm, I'm okay with just ripping the cord and be like, all right, well then I'll go somewhere That's else. That's because you're a salesman, Jeremy. 
That's because you, you understand that the loyalty of a deal comes in those moments. And if I don't get that loyalty, then I don't need to give that deal. These are trucks yeah. made by a mass manufacturer. I could find fucking anywhere. Yeah. So I decided to start local. So did they actually get to your payment after four hours? And, and were they doing it like in 20 hour increments, 30 hour increments? Were they trying to get you to put more down to lower the payment? What were the, do you remember any of the games there? Yeah, it was more, it was more down. Um, they were asking if we had a trade available, if we wanted to bring it. Um, of course, no. You, I mean, Why no. would we overcomplicate? So have you ever done that sales life, Jerry? Been like, hey, dude, do we got some more wrenches we can put in this bitch? Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as the monthly payment, you know, they would walk it down a little bit. Well, if you know, if you gave us 10 grand, we could do this, you know, yeah. So they were, they were trying to walk down things, whether it was my money payment. down, walks my payment down on its own. I don't fucking need you to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> math, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So here we are. We're, we're, we're done. We've agreed to price. We've done this five hours later. What time? I mean, it's closing time. You guys have clearly missed dinner your wife and you, you guys walked in here mid-afternoon, you're walking out at closing hour. What What is the feeling when we leave now that we've been lied to about the actual availability of the truck and I can't leave with it. When you're in the step side driving home, what does that conversation sound like between the two of you? It's like, that was exhausting, number one, and it didn't need to be. No. Number two, I'm leaving. I just, and, and we'll, as we were leaving, we had to cut the check to the uh, the girl at the front. Um, For the, the job Whatever, yeah. And the taxes and all that. Um, and she was kind of rude too, because it was late. It's time for everybody to go home. So she was even a little rude afterwards too. So in the truck, it I'm wasn't like, my fault we're here. Don't be mad at me. Yeah. I tried to leave four hours ago. So <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Shit. So yeah, I mean, we were um, a little frustrated because it took so long. We were excited that we got the truck. Um, but then obviously we were obviously disappointed that we weren't in the truck. We were driving the beater back home and we had to wait for the truck. So yeah. Overall, we were excited that we got it, but we were also disappointed at the kind of the whole experience or the experience as a whole. So do you, all right, so you get the truck a week later, right? Does that happen yeah. or does it get even further out than that? Like, did you actually get it within the week? I did. Yeah. Okay. So you get the truck. Now, are you getting surveyed by anyone, by the dealership? Did the OEM send you anything? Was there anything afterwards where anyone gave you a chance to, to put your experience out to the world? The, the, um, the dealership did send me like some type of, follow-up feedback requests. I don't remember if I did it though. Got it. Nothing from the manufacturer. Like this is a survey from Dodge about your experience with one of I our think, I believe they did as well. Yeah. Okay. And any, and you had but no, I mean, if you don't remember, you probably had little desire to fill it out for one reason or another. I didn't. No. Makes sense, right. Cause there's no, for what, so that they can have feedback and they're not going to fix anything that who really cares. You, know, yeah. you buy a truck every, well, in your case, once every 30, plus years. So it's not like it's a big deal for you. And then um, when they go ahead. And then I'll say when they gave, when we got it, when we went and picked it up, I mean, this is little stuff and I don't know if I'm being over the top, but it, it wasn't the I tank. Know. The tank wasn't full. And like it wasn't washed. I'm so, sorry, bro. There's nothing, there's nothing over the top about that. That is fucking absurd. Now is it? Okay. <laughs> in used cars when people get lazy and don't care enough about the customer experience they make excuses we took the car in with this much gas blah, blah, blah. this is what lazy stupid people say but on new cars on new cars the manufacturer has very specific guidelines about full tank gas they have they have very specific guidelines about a delivery process so if you picked up a vehicle dirty with no gas 
Does that mean no one even bothered to show you around the truck? Someone just tossed you your keys and told you to get out? Pretty much. They walked us around the first day when we couldn't take it home, walked us around to show us. And then when we picked it up, uh, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't clean or was nothing. So you're, you're, you're a dirty truck, mm-hmm. half gas, yep. and no additional explanation of anything. Maybe you had questions that came up between now and the week. You could pick the truck up. No one bothered to ask. No one did anything. Did you work with a salesperson all the way through? When did you get into the finance office? I forgot to ask you that. How did that work out? It was a salesperson all the way through. And then we got into the finance office. And then, you know, he couldn't deliver what I was asking. So I didn't need to take into the finance person's office. So I was talking to him. And then the the sales rep came back. Once once everything was done and agreed to, that's when he shows up. comes back in. He's got to do paperwork, get your licenses, yep. your insurance, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Do the paperwork because he's a gopher, right? Yep. At the end of the day, he's got zero power. And that's what makes, that's why that experience sucks, right? Because, and I would, I'd be venture to guess your salesman probably doesn't like it either. I didn't. Most salesmen don't. What you, what you went through is dictated by the very top of that dealership. You see, mm-hmm. this was not anyone's choice in the middle. They were just like, dude, the guy wants to buy a truck. Fox, let's just get him out of here. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And they, that's not, they, they saw you as an opportunity to make profit. And the yep. longer they could keep you there, the longer they could beat you up on price, the longer you'd make it. And you know what you're talking about here at the end of the day? Uh, you're talking about a thousand, two thousand dollars of additional profit. Maybe someone got uh, over this time. Maybe. Yeah. It's just there's no valuation of your time or, or frankly, their team's time because it was everyone's time was wasted. Yours is the most important. But the people who work there, their, their time is wasted as well. For sure. For sure, and that uh, and so that was the other, that was the last part of, of leaving, um, the first time was the kind of the nastiness of the the girl at the front because she was annoyed that we were still there having to. So are we, babe? So yeah. are we? <laughs> no shit. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir. Anyone offered to order me fucking dinner three hours ago? I mean, <laughs> break. You know, and that's the kind of thing that we used to do all the time. If we were at a, a long grind deal, at least we'd go buy you food. Let's yep. have it all there. You know, be comfortable, right? You know, with your captors type shit. Um, so. You buy this truck, Jeremy. You're all excited. You love the truck. Do you service with the dealership? No, I do it's not. Is that something you knew you wouldn't do because you're not that guy? You're a fix-it-yourself guy? You change your own oil, change your own tire kind of guy? Or no, because of that experience, why would I give another dollar of my money? No, um, it was the latter. So a little bit a little bit of the experience there. I know the experience there. I try to separate the maintenance team from the like the sales team. Nice right? So, so they're, you know, I, I assume their job's completely different. They're probably siloed a little bit. It is. Their job is different. Typically, dealerships with shitty ownership that make salespeople do that, make service techs do shitty things too. But, you know, I don't want to throw a blanket over this. So did you go in for like, did anyone offer you your first oil change for free? Or was there anything to like get you in for that first bump? I think we got three oil changes for free. Okay. So so we spent the first couple, couple of those. Oh, we got uh, three oil changes at any Dodge dealership. So when we got the truck, we ended up we ended up traveling. Program that could go to any Dodge dealership. They shouldn't sell those. That's not good for the <laughs> store, man. <laughs> so we um we ended up traveling. So we went to to visit her family in Tucson. So we ended up getting the oil changed out there. So we got one there. Um, but the last time we went to the dealership, we went for an oil change. And then uh, there was some recall with the uh, the console, so they had to fix the console. Um, and I asked for oil, basically like a, a tune-up. They ne- they didn't even do the tune-up, 
but it was on the invoice. So they charged me for it, but they didn't change the oil. And, the, and I found out because I looked at the gauge and I said, hey, did you guys change this oil? And they said, no, they didn't, but the, it was on the invoice. So after that, I was like, okay, you guys are fucking done to me. Well, it's, it's, it's from my favorite line from Casino, right? You're either, you're either too dumb to know what happened or you're in on it. Either way, yeah. I'm fucking out. I'm and, it's 40, and it's like 40 minutes away, 45 minutes away. You're a backyard um, customer, dude. You are what we, this is like the, the holy grail of customer is the guy who wants to come back, who wants an easy transaction, who lives within one hour of my dealership. That's the fucking customer everyone dreams of. And so you probably knew the oil needed to be changed because of the gauge because you're pulling a fifth wheel, right? Not at the time, no. Not at the time. Okay, because I know that's a lot of things with, when you start pulling that stuff, you start burning up a lot more of that and you notice those things even quicker. Um, so you now know you do not go there. What, what do you do now for service, Jeremy? So uh, there's a really good mechanic in San Antonio. His name Bob Mander. Shout out Bob Mander. Um, okay. Most honest guy, the sweetest man ever. Um, he runs a, a, an, an insane uh, shop. So that's where I take him. And I, and I drive an hour to take my to take all of our vehicles there. You my whole family. The dealership to go to the guy who is an independent outfit, right? So he probably yep. he does it for everybody. He's got good people. He's got good technicians. He knows his shit and he helps you guys out. Now, he can't help you with warranty though, can he? No, he, but he's done the legwork on the warranty. So uh, we had an issue with, so we have the DEF, there's a DEF gauge inside the truck um, and there was something faulty with it. And he was the one that reached out to the dealership and every and kind of coordinated all the warranty to fix it. He fixed it, but he somehow got the warrant. I don't know what, what he did. So he but. was able to get warranty. He took care of billing. You were, you were not hassled in any way, I guess is what I'm saying. He was able to an independent shop. He dealt with it soup to nuts. You just dealt with him. You took yeah. the truck home. Fixed. He said, I'll do, I'll, I'll call him. I'll figure it out. And he said, he did everything. So yeah, we didn't have to do anything. Wow, that's that's an independent shop that's printing money with his face on it, bro. He's he's the man, dude. Yeah, I got news for people in that world, dude. That's look out for is Bob Mander, M A N D E R. Do I have that right? Yep. And hello to Texas. All right, Bob Mander, San Antonio, Texas. Shout out to being a great independent shop, stealing business from people. <laughs> he's amazing. Right in someone's backyard. So. Yep. That's phenomenal. All right. Anything you want to add to, uh, to, to purchase number one that we missed on anything that stands out to you that we didn't talk about? I don't think so. We still love the chart. Um, we still have it. So, you know, overall I'm glad I bought it. Um, but yeah, the, the experience certainly could have been better. Experience could have been better. All right. So let's move on to car two. Cause now you're like a seasoned veteran, right? So you bought your vehicle, you know what you like, you spent some coin. I assume we're going to be talking about mama's car, but tell me, Tell me how the next experience gets started. Yeah. So we got the truck, right? And then um, my wife was driving a, so we live out in the country. So there's a lot of big trucks, a lot of um, like service trucks for 18 wheelers, stuff like that. Um, and deer and, and all kinds of shit out here. So I don't feel comfortable. My wife driving a small car, so she would drive the truck a lot, but then I don't really like driving that tiny little, she has a Ford Focus, like a 2008 Ford Focus, a little tiny oh, car. Dude, love it, man. Wife had like a 99 ZR2 two-door, yeah. man. Like, fucking, she, I let her drive my beautiful Accord across the country to Colorado while I drove that thing. It was uh, yeah. quite the trip. It was, you know, 75 and shit. Yeah, you and it was rumbling. Yeah. You got to do what's right for the lady. You got to give her the better opportunity. So, all right, so you're tired of driving the, the, the Ford and you're you're ready to move on what what are we looking for now 
Yeah. So I had, um, I'm also, uh, I'm big in like cryptocurrency and all that. So I made some money doing NFTs and cryptocurrency along with having a job. So I thought, okay, now's a good time to upgrade the wife's car. And uh, this is kind of about the time we bought it in July or June of this year. The start of the process. In June of 2022. Yes. And you bought a car pre-COVID, so I am anxious to hear about this. So this year, this summer, you buy a car. Are we trading the Ford in? No. We're still not trading cars. We nope. have no trade once again. We're not trading right. it. And you're going in here looking for a new car again? Yep. New car again. Same sort of styling, or did the wife have input what she's looking for, what she wants in her rig? We talked about it, and we decided on a, on a good old Tesla. Cause we, with the soaring gas prices and I have shiny object syndrome anyway, and I'm pretty impulsive. So I think Tesla's are pretty badass, and I wanted, I wanted to buy one. I wanted okay. to have one. All right. You wanted to buy a Tesla. Yep. I, I got to hear about this. I am not a fan. So I got to, I want to hear about the whole thing about the experience and, uh, and, and tell me what it's like. So you, you decide you want a Tesla. How do you drive one? How do you know you want one? Years ago, I had ridden in one uh, with a, a, a coworker, and I thought they were the coolest things ever. And, um, you know, the kind of the speed and being able to hit the gas and they go from zero to 60 all, you know, super fast. I think they're cool. I'm, I'm all into new technology and stuff like that. So I just, you know, that's, that's kind of what I wanted. Yeah, you went for it. All right. So you've driven in one before. So now you go to Tesla, which is all online, all, you know, really nothing. There's no other parts of it. So Tell me about the experience. Yeah, I mean, pretty straightforward. So I went on there. Um, well, before that, I had done, again, all the research on what, which one I wanted, which one I could afford. So the, the one we wanted was the Model X, but it's like 140 grand, whatever it is. Nothing absurd. Um, so we settled on the Model Y, a little bit more intro, um, added a few things to it. So we, I went on, I, we built it out, um, made it all black, added whatever we needed to. And then, yeah, from there, you kind of order it and then you pay a, um, like a little small deposit. I think it was like a hundred or a thousand bucks maybe. Um, and then you just kind of wait, but in the process of waiting, they, you download an app and that's when you start submitting all the, you know, the licenses and the paperwork and all that good stuff. Um, so it was, it still took a while. So we ordered it in March, but then it was delivered in June. It's not unreasonable for, I mean, if you ordered a new car from a normal manufacturer, you'd, Probably be somewhere in that ninety to one hundred claim. It wasn't bad. That's not absurd. Okay, it wasn't bad. All right, so you're on there, and are you dealing with humans at all, or is this just all app based? You're able to do this shit on your own, upload your docs, do all your stuff. I mean, at what point are you being engaged by a person? Um, I forgot what I was submitting. Uh, It was for temporary tags, so that was when I got an actual human, and I had reached out to him because I was looking for a human being to talk to. So that was one frustrating part. Was the beginning, like it was hard to find a person. Like, can I have like one representative I can reach out to just to to kind of get everything organized? Yeah, it doesn't have, feel like it can be though, huh? It's it's. I mean, that that place is like uh, it's a tech center, right? So it's yeah. like trying to get support at Google. I mean, good, correct. Good, good luck. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah, yeah, they're not making money hiring customer su- support people. So I, I get. No, and if we're laying off people, who do you think's first on that list? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's sorry, but uh, see you later. All right. So you couldn't. Str- you struggled to find a human. You found one temporary tags. Obviously, just for the audience, I'm sure they know this, but. Temporary tags and that the titling paperwork, guys, that's what will screw up a lot of this online stuff because not every state is the same, you see, and everyone wants it to be that way, 
But we have individual state laws for a reason. It goes back to why we have individual states. So you have different laws and rules to follow. And a lot of the tech companies don't really give a shit. They just want you to get on board and do what needs to be done and they'll figure the rest out later. So, so that is an ongoing headache for anyone buying a car virtually is always going to be title and tagging. So you were concerned, you got a human. How did that interaction go? It went good. Uh, so she walked me through, um, I had to sign uh, DocuSign the, um, oh gosh, I can look it up on my email, what I needed. Uh, the financing details, the loan agreement, the permit forms. So I was DocuSigning all that good stuff. Yep. Um, and it made a process way, way more simple rather than going back and email. They were texting me like these big ass long texts. And I was like, Hey, can you guys just call me and we can just literally knock this out in like fucking five minutes. You guys are sending these big, long. And they just kept texting you, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they did. And finally got yeah, them they're not going to call you. They're not, they're, they're not doing that. Yeah. So that, that part was yeah. Frustrating. So there's a, so there, okay. So let me ask you something then if, if there was, um, a Tesla dealership, you know, that you could have visited, would you have? I think I would have. Right? I mean, you would have, I mean, even though you could have bought the car through an app, if the Tesla dealership was next to the Dodge dealership, you would have gone and you would have done that. And I think that's always been my struggle with Tesla and the way that they've approached it. They're trying to overturn a lot of things that exist in franchise law agreements that don't exist to let you go direct to consumer because major manufacturers would cut out dealerships and those dealerships are parts of communities, right? That's this whole ecosystem thing. Here's my thing. I think that Tesla, as big as they are and as great as they are, they could have been bigger and greater way faster if they would have integrated with the current dealer body existence from a perspective of giving you an already existing infrastructure. Do you know what I mean, Jeremy? Like, even though you had a shitty experience at the dealership, we can both agree to that buying your Dodge. I, yes. I, and it happens every day. Yeah. But over here, there's no human contact, right? Somewhere in the middle is a really badass buying experience that oh. I strive for when I ran stores. And I know there's a lot of folks who still strive for it. But does that, so the, the, the lack of a dealership, does that concern you at all from a service perspective when you were looking at these cars? Was there any, did you have any concerns about what it was going to be like to deal with someone who didn't have an actual dealership by you? I guess is my question. Yeah, I mean, for sure, because I don't know, like, as far as, like you said, service goes, I don't know where to take the car. Um, you know, where, where do I take it to get it fixed? Do I take it to the pickup center or do I take it to Bob Mander? Can he fix Teslas? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, there definitely, definitely some concerns there. And I actually didn't even realize that I wasn't even picking up from th that they're not even a dealership until I picked up the car. Like, I didn't even put that together. Because they didn't come up taxes. They call themselves one, so they have to call themselves like delivery centers or whatever. It's like Carvana with those big fucking yeah. The vending. Well, I don't pay. They don't collect tax in, in Texas. They don't collect this, the taxes on the car because they're not a dealership. So right. afterwards, I had to go pay, and they didn't tell me this. So I went to the tax office to get my tags, and I had to write like a five thousand dollar check. But they didn't tell me. Because they didn't they tell me like they can't pay sales tax. They don't have a dealer license. Correct. So they, they, they didn't, didn't even legally do that or file that paperwork. But they didn't tell me that. So I showed up to the tax office and she's like, "Yeah, your bill's a uh, five thousand. I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck? For what?" It's like I was like, "The tags in my truck are like four hundred dollars. What are you talking about?" Yeah, so they didn't tell me that. The tax on your eighty thousand dollar car, man. That's yeah. What I'm about. <laughs> you need that five grand for the state. Yeah. To do that business. All right, but hold on a sec. Before you do all this, 
what are you doing about charging this thing? You live in the country. What what do we uh what what well you gotta you gotta go put a port in the house? Is that a part of the dealership cost when you buy the thing? Talk to me about that part of it. So they give you a little charger, it's um 110 volts, I think. Okay. It's the standard wall plug. So we plug it in. We have a post out here um, where our electrical box is. We can plug it in. We run a uh, electrical cord or a extension cord, and then we just plug the charger in. Um, I would like, we, we're renting the house currently. Um, so I would like to put a, one of those charging little charging stations. It's a, it's a 220, so it's double. So it's like a, uh, like a dryer. Yeah, yeah, it looks like the bigger one for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's supposed to be the fast charge, right? Like that, whatever that timing of, because you yeah. have different outlets for, for Teslas. That's what I'm learning. It's like the Apple Android thing, right? Yeah. So like you can only use your Tesla fast charging stations. And then we'll supercharge it. People can't use your shit. Correct. Yeah. So then we'll supercharge it at, um, there's a few superchargers around here that we can use. So that's how we get around it. But I mean, mainly we use it, go point A to point B. Um, you know, we love it. It's a, it's a, it's a sweet car. It's fun. Um, but yeah, we don't, we're not taking it on too far. Cause go from like that. Yeah. Cause she drives pretty far. Like I said, we live in the country a little bit, so it takes her probably 35, 40 minutes to get to work. So just going back and forth, you know, it's, it's nice to not be, it's nice to drive that versus, you know, guzzling. Well, I mean, driving the 2500 puts a, puts a debt in all the gas bills for that. Deal, yeah. right? So it's kind of a, I'll be honest with you, bro. It's a pretty intriguing household of vehicles. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I hear the environment coming out of the Tesla side and then I'm like, yeah, but I got all my shit. I got this I don't, You know, do you believe, are you, a, are you in line for a cyber truck then, Jeremy? Are you going to get rid of the Dodge and, and, and up yourself into the, to that world? I don't like that. I think the Cybertruck's ugly, but I if they make hideous, it, bro. I think it's right out of Total Recall for any of you who are old enough to know that movie. <laughs> I think that shit's straight out of there and that weirds me out. It's gross. Yeah, I don't like it at all. So, um, you know, maybe if they, if they update it, like I said, I love new technology. I'm, I got shiny, shiny object syndrome. So yeah, sure. if they make it look cooler and, and all that good stuff, then, then yeah, I'm you're going to be looking for it. All right. Well, we'll, we're gonna keep an eye out for who makes cool trucks. I know there's a lot of people in the space trying to do shit. We did look at Rivians. What if they electrify your Dodge first? Is that something that would interest you? I don't think so, man. I, I like that. I like that little rumble of the diesel, you know? I like, dude, I like me a motor sound. I know people yeah. are joking about, oh, we're going to make, you know, electric cars with motor sounds. Don't do that. Just make yeah. there, there. I think there's a blend in, in the world. I think there's a blend between the all electric and the all gas. I think hybrids are truly the, the, the future for all of us. I think they make the most sense. You're not going to be able to get electric adoption across the world like that in the way that people think as quickly as they believe. So that was my thing about Tesla. I wish he would have said, you know what? There's already dealers. Let's just, let's just partner, dude. Let's just partner. But he, he's got to be different. He's got to I get it. I know he's like our generation, Howard Hughes, but fuck, you could have done this a lot faster. The movement could have been a lot quicker and further ahead if you could have just, and you wouldn't have lost billions of fucking dollars <laughs> there in the first place, which again, yeah. I know you've got hundreds of them, but that doesn't make it right to lose them. It doesn't yeah. matter. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. so there's that. All right. So you, you, you go through the experience of the Tesla when you show up to the pickup center, how long between buying online picking up car you said it was three months right about yeah when you show up there what what's this like um it was like four or five like 25 year old kids it looked like a it looked like a like a like a valet stand and they were like in t-shirts and like hey man you know what can we, how can we help you i'm like i'm here to pick up a fucking eighty thousand dollar car like are you guys 
This is, are you guys a frat? What is it? What's going on here? Why, why, why are we in Tesla t-shirts? We have like $20 million worth of shit out here and you guys are just... Oh, that's so California yeah. tech. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. So, and then uh, they kind of, I mean, they were nice. They were super nice. Of course they were. Of course and then they, um, they kind of walk you through the process. They take you to the car. They asked me if I wanted to drive it around. Um, I said, no, nah, you know, I'm good. And then, yeah, they, they walk you through the, um, how to charge it, how to turn it on, turn it off, put it, you know, they, they did walk us through it for about 20 minutes, 20, 30 okay, minutes. So a, th- a thorough walk around that, yeah. which makes sense. You mm-hmm. don't already own one. They, those things can be a little spaceshipy in the way that you hit buttons and turn shit on. And yeah, I yeah. passed one the other day and the lights turned on. I just told it to go fuck itself. I just yeah. I was in a bad mood. It just it lit up the whole area I was in. I was just like stupid fucking Tesla. Uh, but you you learn all these things as you go through it, right? And they're they're bringing you through the car, which is cool, which I appreciate about them. But I want to circle back to a comment you just sort of ran over there, which was uh, a eighty thousand dollar car. Someone offered you to test drive it, and your reply was, "I'm good." no concerns because it's a new car. Like I, I just, I'm, I, as a car kid could never do anything like that, but it's happening everywhere. Clipo are having cars delivered to them. Was there a return policy of any sort that puts you at ease for that, Jeremy? Or were you just like, look, I'm already committed. It doesn't really matter. I it was, I'm already committed. So, you know, if, if you drove it and hate it. You were like, fuck, there's nothing I could do. Yeah. <laughs> it's out of mind. So shit. And uh, I don't know if there's a return policy. Okay. It probably was. It brought up, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't bring it up for sure. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So Tesla bought driving. You 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 get to take it home the day you bought though. Different than the Dodge experience. Right? I did. I did. Different than the Dodge experience. What's it like, dude? Did you drive it? Does Mama drive it? What's what's the deal? I drove it home. Um, and a funny story. I got like talk about the new technology and touching buttons and all that shit. So I pulled in, pulled into the driveway, and I get out. And I, and I, my wife pulls in behind me because she drove the truck. And I said, hey, how the hell do you turn this damn thing off? So I had to text my friend. I turn it off. And all you do is shut the door and walk away like a, it's like a little robot, right? So I felt like a, like a boomer, like an old dad. I, mean, I would have just stood there and been like, whoa, turn <laughs> off. Fucking off button on this thing. Uh, but yeah, we love it. Um, you know, she drives it. She loves driving it. She didn't like it at first because it has that regenerative braking and it breaks kind of automatically. Yeah, um, I don't like people driving my car for me, bro. I got news for anybody in those features. If if I could build a car and strip all that shit out, that's how I'll build every car from now on. Don't tell me what lane I'm in. Like you, I live in the country, right? When I see an 18-wheeler coming, I hug the right side of the shoulder. That's how I drive. It's yep. the safest way to do it. Well, these cars now, they want to buzz. And uh, Do you know you're over the white line? Do you know you're on the shoulder? Like, shut up. Yeah, like, I know how to drive. So a lot of those features in there. Um, any what, what what feedback do you have for people looking at a Tesla? Is there is there any pros and cons that you've come across or anything that you would say from an honest perspective of a consumer like don't like? I would say the uh, first of all, the mileage that they give you is not accurate. It, it drains a lot faster than they tell you. Um, okay. So keep that in mind. Okay, drains I'll faster. Now, folks. This isn't like he bought this three years ago, okay? He's talking to you about a car he bought four months ago. So it's still relevant information that the charges aren't as long. So like when they say range, is that what you mean, Jeremy? They're Correct. like 287 miles of range. You're finding it's it's less than that. Yeah, I would say 85% of what they tell you, maybe 80. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because the way I drive, because I like to I like to hammer the gas a little bit or, or the not the gas, but the 
Well, you like you like to put your foot on that pedal that makes the car yeah. go is what we have yeah. to call it now, right? It makes it fun. It makes it fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So range is a little bit off. What else you got for us? Range is a little bit off. Um, Anything you love? Anything you're like, dude, this you wouldn't find this in another car. I'm so glad I have a Tesla because of this. The big screen's really cool. Uh, my wife and I will um, will sit out in the car because you can like make a little fireplace with it. So we actually, we've had like dinner in the car, which is kind of cool. It's just got a lot of cool features like that. Um, so we've uh, it's got a big glass dome, right? Right. So you can view out, you got little stars out there and such, right? Because you live out in the country like me, yeah. you look outside and, you know, boom, the, the world is awaiting you up there. So we parked it out in the yard and looked up. Um, we've also done that in the back of the truck, which is cool. Um, cool. I like that. That's fun. And I guess they're bringing this technology I read recently. They're trying to integrate with Zoom so that you can have your wife can be on this call while you're driving. Huh. Yeah. That does not sound fucking safe. I just want to be on record here. I think people struggle with driving enough. That was bad enough. Without this or without the gigantic screens. And, you know, you drive past some of these screens. You see these people are watching TV and shit. And you think to yourself, oh, my God. Jeremy, do you have the autopilot shit on this thing? No. Uh, I didn't want that at all. You just did without because you were like, doesn't interest me? Or was it not offered? What does that look like in that? Yeah, it was offered. It was, it was, a, you could pay 12 or 15 grand or you could do it as a monthly subscription. But I, I, like, I don't trust the, I don't trust that all that self-driving shit yet at all. So, and for 12 that infrastructure does not exist for your autonomous back roads. Yeah. That's how this works. Cause like you talked about like that autocorrective steering, it'll do that every now and then. Um, like, yeah, you'll kind of, even if I'm like exiting a highway, if I do it just a hair early, it like kind of like moves. You get that white line. It's like, oh, yeah. and it's like, dude, I stop. Doing that shit. <laughs> yeah. like, I can't even get out of my driveway sometimes in my car. Cause the thing is just, me, 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 me. it's like, dude, I have to pull in close so I can fit both cars and my kayak and all my shit in here. Yeah. So just, just fucking let me park the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it drives me nuts, bro. All right. So look, you've been more than generous with your time, man. I really appreciate it. You went through two incredible stories on opposite ends of the spectrum. They couldn't be far more different than the way you, what you did. I mean, you look for them the same way, but you know, how you purchased them, what you went through was totally different. So let's wrap it up as a consumer. Mm -hmm. What feedback do you have for dealerships to be better? And for the consumer, what feedback do you have for them to, I don't know, just be engaging their process of buying a car, maybe a little bit more smooth or something you learned along the way you think can help others. Let's start with the dealer. What can they do better? I would say find a way to automate some of these processes and make it easier. Um, and really like listen to your, listen to your consumer. If they kind of tell you what they want, try to kind of deliver as close to what they want immediately. Don't stop, stop dicking around and, and doing all this shit. Like, Hey man, if, if I tell you I'm ready to buy, or if a consumer tells you you're ready to buy, if you can meet kind of meet them somewhere in the middle, then try to get as close to that middle as you can. You know, like you said, trying to make a couple of you know, 400 here, 600 here. Ooh. I don't know what all that's up, but all that to piss you off. And then you go to, you go to Bob Mander, you never come back anyway. So what was that? Exactly. But I'll, I'll, never, I'll never go buy a truck from there again. Okay, you know. so that was a singular purchase. So my rule there is I hope you got rich enough because I'm never coming back here again. Yeah. And, and that's not the value of a customer. You see, like that's the fucked up part. So, all right, so dealers, uh, this was very simple. You listen and you do what the customer wants and meet them where they want to be met. 
And that's typically halfway. It, it just is. It's, it's yeah. human nature is halfway. All right. Any feedback for consumers when looking to buy either a Tesla or a new truck from a dealership? Anything you learned that you would let, want others to know? Um, let's see here. From a consumer's perspective, man, I would say make sure you do all your, your research and legwork kind of upfront to make sure you know what you want to buy and then kind of understand you know, the financing terms of it, that way you can kind of better know what, you, what kind of deal you're getting into. Um, I, you know, my uncle was really bad at this. Like he would, he would go buy a car or, or vehicle and he had, had like no idea about the financing. So he thought, he's like, Hey, I just want to pay $600 a month. And they, they would just smash him on the financing. But yeah, we got you 600, but you're, you're paying like three times what you are for the, you know what I mean? So yeah, you're paying, you're um, paying 600 a month. it's funny because to me, when I sold cars, it was always important to me to find out people's budgets, but I always ask them for a range because I don't want to waste your time showing you something you can't afford either, right? So, you know, I said, hey, what's your range? Uh, my budget range is four to 600 bucks. Okay, all right, well, let's go to work. Let's see what we can get for you. But folks, anyone watching this from a consumer perspective, Jeremy just gave you the nugget of, of life as far as I'm concerned. This isn't just about buying cars. Understand your finance, which comes back to understanding your credit and what your credit gets you. Okay, for good or for bad, there's plenty of resources online right now, today, to get you all that information. So if you walk into a dealership unprepared, that shit's on you. There's too many resources to not have that happen to you. So please go find out what you can afford. And, and when you find out what you can afford, subtract some money from it and go even less. All right. I've been doing this 22 years. I've watched people lose everything because they got too involved in a car. The average car payment right now in America is almost $700 on a used car, Jeremy. On a used car? On a used car. Oh, my God. That's the world we're living in right now, people. So, um, and there was no negotiation, right? With Tesla, right, Jeremy? It was, here's your price. Have a nice day. F off. Yep, that was it. That was it. And I see how the model works. And I know everyone wants to be Tesla and ever. <laughs> The model they built from the very beginning. Good luck for you major manufacturers who think you can charge MSRP uh, in about two weeks from now when these cars start stacking up on your lot because no one's buying them. You won't be charging MSRP, trust me. Your business models were never built for that shit. So give it up. Jeremy, thank you so much, man. This was incredible. I am so glad that Andrew introduced us and uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. That was fun. Good chat. That was great. Thanks a lot, folks. I hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we're going to have even more fun. The Carbiz Chronicles will continue. I hope you'll join us. Have yourselves a great week.